1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Folks, here we go. It's time for another edition of Sports Insider Radio. I invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com, and just give you a heads up that next week we'll be on with you. Leading into the weekend for the big game, we'll be on Friday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Vegas time. So notice how I just gave Vegas their own time? It's Pacific time. 10 a.m. next Friday. So we'll just give you a little programming note there out of the gate. Brian Blessing, David Miller, we're sitting here. We're in Las Vegas before we go to the boys. Hello, how you doing? Pretty good. Life's good. Life is good. Life uh, is good for sure. The, the, you were a victim of the flu. Uh, the Packers had the flu. Yeah, struggling lately in, in some NFL picks, but it's okay. No, no, no. I mean, your future. Yeah, well, well I, mean, uh, that, they, I mean, it, it, it's funny. You find out, you know, halfway through the first quarter, and you know, they go to punt for the first time. Oh, yeah, he's you know, one of many Packers that have the flu. I'm like, well, oh, that's good news. <laughs> well, I think, too, well, I, I thought they said that was more the game before, but I, I don't know. Whatever you want to blame it on, it lost. I got news for you. I got the flu New Year's Day. I got over it about three days ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, I mean, it's amazing. All right, let's bring the boys in. Uh, we've got John and Mike. We head east to Baltimore. 
and see how everybody's doing. What's up, fellas? You ready for the proverbial? There he goes. He doesn't even let me finish the sentence. I mean, he he just just like a Gatling gun. It's a very easy solution. No flu. No jacket. No jacket. No flu. Don't stay warm. Stay as cold as possible. Yeah, I think germs don't like cold. Germs love heat. You uh, you sound you sound. uh, No, well, I mean, right. Your word. My daughter asked me, why do you never get sick, Daddy? I said, I smoke cigars and I don't wear a jacket. Well, okay. I was going to say, you sound like my wife, but that sounds bad. Your words mimic what my wife said. The, all the years we lived in Buffalo, and I'm telling you, you know, it's like 15 degrees outside, and the house is an igloo inside, and I'm like, where's the heat? And she's like, germs live in the heat. And, there you go. And, she knows, smart uh, lady. And, and, you know, the, uh, you're on to something. Although, you know, you come out here, it's 37 degrees, and you're running around a short sleeve shirt. You're an idiot. So I was, in LA, I was in L.A. for the week, and I overshot Vegas. I had to go to Los Angeles <laughs> for 24 hours. But it was 50, when I landed, it was 50 degrees. And I thought, you guys are bad in Vegas. Fur jackets, earmuffs, the whole... I'm literally walking around in a T-shirt on Rodeo. People are looking at me like I'm out of Mars. I'm like, really? Everybody's just acclimated to warm weather. And then literally every other person I bumped into had a cold in a warm weather climate. It was amazing. Why do I think... I agree with that totally. Yeah. But why do I think your act would play really well on Rodeo Drive? Hey, what can I tell you? <laughs> uh, you you're right. I, 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 I can see you walking like around there, and they go, yeah, that guy's... That like, guy, well, usually they go, you're not from around here, are you? But you'd be yeah, out right. there, and they'd go, yeah, he kind of fits. <laughs> you know, but it, it goes to show you, you know, when you're an NFL fan, then we'll move on to the stuff that we can actually make money on. It was interesting, because I was calling my son back home in Baltimore, and he had to wait till 3 o'clock, you know, for the first game to start. And here I am watching the game at twelve oh five, and it's like you know to the to the little guys, to the the true fans, it is a brutal schedule. The way they schedule the games, just from a fan point of view, on the East Coast, six o'clock, uh, three o'clock, and six o'clock, and you know you're late basically your whole day. You're anticipating. It's the same thing with the Super Bowl. You know we get the Super Bowl late here, so it was it was nice to actually be over there and uh, watch the games on on since you've called it Vegas time. We'll just say I was in L.A. But I was on Vegas time. It was nice to get the games in early. John, just do what I do. Just sleep in and wait till sleep until noon. Well, actually, so. well, I actually woke up at eleven o'clock. It was beautiful, and then an hour later, I was watching the game. There you go. How you doing, Michael? You know, it's uh, it's cold here as well. So you know, it's one of those things. That I'm still mourning the Ravens' loss from two weeks ago. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask you. Are, are you? You know, have you recovered? I'm a little bit more stable now, but just you know, seeing <laughs> the performance, it just—it was a perfect storm hit us, and it is what it is. You know, I'm a, I live no matter. I'm I'm not a bandwagon fan. I always always been a fan, no matter what our season holds uh, record-wise. But just a tough way to go out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. It feels weird saying sorry to a guy. What, what did you think about yeah, that was... Seattle game, Dave? <clears throat> Uh, what were I, you surprised Seattle couldn't hang with them the week the week before? Because you were off last week, you you know you weren't feeling well. Were you surprised that Seattle just? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. No, that's. And what were I you surprised that Green Bay just got looked, looked like they were? Me. It was. That surprised me absolutely. I, I thought well, obviously I thought it'd be more competitive because I really loaded up. I had you know ten thousand or whatever, on, a little bit more on the spread too. So I thought it'd be competitive. That was pretty, pretty so, shocking. 
I, I'm curious if, since you're not emotional, do you look to buy back? Were you looking to buy back San Fran at halftime? Like this no. team's not going to bounce, or are you, you good? You didn't follow it. No, track. but well, I, I don't really get emotional. But I'll be honest with you. Watching that game, I was pretty. You know how you said the Packers had the flu? I think I had a flu or a stomachache. I was feeling pretty bad watching it. So I, I had a moment of, uh, you know, because I wanted to hit the ticket too. So uh, one of the games I was looking forward to that I, that I had a little bit of emotion. But, yeah, I know once the game's over, it's like, okay, whatever, life goes on. I was betting games for the next day. Now, uh, Dave, let me ask you a question. I know you're you're simply betting the edge on the number. I mean, do you take into effect matchups considerably from the previous time that they played? Does that like what well, is the process that goes into it? No, well, that's well, yeah, that's one of the things I look for. So they played. I think I was. I want to say it was the same game. Uh, it was a Sunday night football, I think, and it was the Niners were favored by three. And then I was looking at that, going, well, since that game. <laughs> Both teams have done well, so now we're staring at a spread of seven, seven and a half, eight. I'll I'll always go. Most of the time, I'll either go against that adjustment from the previous game, what the spread was, not the actual result. I don't. The result it was a blowout, so you got to, I guess, make some adjustment. But I just felt like it was too much. So now, if they played again, the Forty ers would be laying ten and a half. I'd probably do the same thing, like <laughs> take the plus ten and a half. And hope they didn't have the flu or whatever, or could stop them on second down. I don't know, man. They 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 were a no show, right? Well, that's why I would take the points. The, the, the big adjustment. The, 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 the you know, listen, Mostert was like seven yards into the secondary uh, about a dozen times before he was even touched. Yeah, no, I, it was ridiculous. Well, I was watching it going, yeah, I have zero, and I wasn't very excited to bet in game. They, they really looked just. I didn't get too involved. I didn't have too much more on it, but I just couldn't stop him at all. Now, Brian, since you prognosticated Tennessee possibly winning outright at, at the Ravens, we never spoke about it. What was your uh, – my son was really all over Kansas City. He said, nah, they're going to just get crushed. Don't buy into the fake beating the Ravens. What, what was your attitude going to that Tennessee I was game all, didn't talk about it? I was all over the over. Got it. No, I mean, I, couple that, sharp people that a couple sharp people that me and you personally know in Vegas, and uh, that sell you know information for a living. They're like the guy's biggest play for the weekend was Tennessee, and I basically warned him. I said, you know, that's the trap. I don't know about you, Dave. You know, making it your biggest play because they went to Baltimore. It's almost like isn't the following week a letdown situation? Well, it's a double letdown because they had beat the Patriots too. So, so to me, both. To me, even the next, I wasn't very excited the next week to take the 10 against Baltimore. I did it just because I, I auto bet those type of spots in right, a lot of cases. Right, right. Like, we've gone over that, why we do that. But I thought I uh, I could, I'm probably going to lose this one. And then they won outright again. And then, well, the, then th- the thing about that game was in, in well, Tennessee, Tennessee was. Tennessee had a 10 0 win yeah, against the, Kansas City. The, 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 the flow of the game, and honestly, and I say this all the time, I, you know, I'm probably. I would say in the seventy percent range of playing totals in games because over the course of sixty minutes, how the game will be played and, and backdoor covers and you know it's a funny shaped object. But you know, Tennessee, I thought, panicked in the game, or it would have been even higher scoring uh, that they were only down ten and abandoned the running game. And the minute they got one dimensional with Tannehill, he turned into an astronomer lying on the ground looking up at the stars. Uh, but the, you know Kansas City's defense is no great shakes, and you know Mahomes is electric. Now everybody, I think, and we'll dive into 
uh, you know, the Super Bowl here that I think everybody's going to go, oh, man, well, you know, Mahomes and that offense, and look what the look what the Niners did, and everybody's just going to be drooling over. And let me tell you something. There's two weeks to prepare, and last year the Rams were a video game offense, and the Patriots had two weeks to prepare, and the Rams couldn't get a first down. It's a grass field, and... But I bet you everybody, what they last saw, a boy up and down the field. And today we were talking before we went on the air. The, more often than not, the beginning of these games, uh, there's a feeling out process. And you don't want to make the big mistake and do something stupid out of the gate. You know, maybe, actually, maybe under in the first half might be uh, the, the smart way to go. But And I, I keep throwing this out there. That is it, a better bet in the long run in this spot. And but the one thing I'll you know I as you characters know I play the horses every day, and Calder Racecourse is on the same property uh, where the stadium is, and you know Gulfstream Park Calder Racecourse, which they call Gulfstream Park West now, every day at four thirty, it's like hey, every day the sky opens up, and I thought I, about you, and it's not a shower, it's a deluge, and it's only a fifteen minute thing more often than not. But the thing is, if this, and you never, you rarely see rain or think of it in Dolphins games, right? But that's because they're playing at 1 o'clock Eastern time, right? This game is going to kick off at 6.30, whatever. So at 5 o'clock, there's no tarp on the field. They're going to be out on the field practicing, warming up. And if, if that deluge comes, don't forget the Niners-Redskins game. Uh, was played on a soup kitchen field. And the final score was nine nothing, and you're like Miami. Oh, it's going to be gorgeous. I'm telling you, I, it ain't going to shock me one iota uh, if, if there's if there's rain and moisture in that field, and then on a grass field it gets dug up and ripped up. Uh, so anyway, I'm just throwing that out as a precautionary tale too. Well, that just adds extra value. Anytime too, you have even if a team can score a lot of points, if their defense is. Are, are solid it should i don't think it should be this high 54 well i'm gonna wait for 55 but i, I don't think the toll should ever be this high and, and the first quarter in super bowls everybody's terrified to make the first mistake and and it, no this is definitely that's my play the under but one more thing too i want to say one more thing about the letdowns so in a regular season game i think this this applies more the letdown when each team's fighting for their life in one game over and over, I'm not sure. There might Some could argue there's not even a letdown at all because it's like, well, we have to win this game again. You really can't take the game off like, like you can in a regular season game, like in an NBA game or something, regular season NBA game. So I just wanted to get that out there too. I didn't, I don't, in, in postseason, I don't really look too much into let just a little bit. But, but regular season, I'm all about it, those emotional spots. So do we have a side? I, mean, I was going to just right ask now, you. I was just going to. I was just going to ask everybody their side. Well, so my I reserve, early. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Brian. No, I was okay, just going to say very, very quickly. I was just say, and I reserve. I reserve the right to change my mind, which, but, <laughs> and I mean that. I mean, uh, you know, the more you get more information, and but as of today, I would lean San Francisco. I think they've got the better running game. They're not going to. They're not going to shred them the way they shredded the Packers, but they've got the better running game. And to me, you're playing with fire when, on a weekly basis, Mahomes is the leading rusher for Kansas City. Uh, you know, they can San Fran can run the ball, and my belief is they have the better defense. And if defense wins championships and run and stop the run, those are two big 
check marks that leads I mean San Francisco's way to me. Now clearly if you said to me, Who do you want? Mahomes or Garoppolo, I want Mahomes. But it's not about one guy. To me it's just the under. Line seems right on. I'm just all about that under first half. It might even do some second half, depending on the situation. And and I just yeah, the bad, your bad weather, your bad weather logic I wasn't even really thinking about that. But now I'm even more excited. And plus, it opened 51. That feels good. It, it was just it just went straight up since the open. Many fundamentals at play here. What do you got, Mike? I mean, I'm going with Kansas City just because of the matchup in this predicament. I think the fact that. The teams that San Francisco has mildly struggled throughout the season are teams that have a very strong passing attack that could stretch the field, ultimately with Atlanta later on in the season. And Mahomes has the ability to do that. I don't believe in a one-game scenario not being able to – look, we've seen Kansas City be able to run. They just haven't needed to do that in the playoffs. They've just Mahomes has always been down. They've just been in that you know stretch-the-field-out scenario. But – San Fran plays extremely well against teams that don't particularly have a really strong passing attack. Look, Green Bay, on the season, they've had Devontae as really the only catalyst on the outside. The rest of their offensive weapons, there's really not anybody you're scared of. They've just been, in my eyes, mediocre all year. So they've just been winning, but they're not exceptional at anything. So Kansas City's got a strong pass rush. Um Getting Jones back, like we talked about on the radio last week, Brian, was really the difference maker against Henry. And if they're able to stop Henry like I saw them do last week, and granted they didn't stay running the ball in the second half because they were one-dimensional for some reason being down 10 points, if they could stop Mostert, and it could be any one of the three. It, could, it seems like San Fran goes with the hot hand. I don't know particularly the, how bad the injury is for Coleman, but it's either going to be Mostert or Breida. As long as they could shut down Kittle and not let him, let him run free, which Matthew is probably going to be manned up on him all game, they have the potential to beat him. They struggle against teams like that. With Kansas City, they're riding the hot hand. Really, the only games they really lost this year is when Mahomes was hurt, aside from one game. So right now he's playing his best football of the season. It seems like all their guys are getting pretty healthy. The Kelsey injury isn't that big. He played fairly well. They just double-teamed him all game. And it, with Kansas City, they're not one-dimensional like San Fran with a running game. It's pick your poison. If you're going to double-team Tyreek Hill on the outside, Kelsey's going to get the points and the receptions and the touchdowns and vice versa. Last game, Tennessee tried to take away Kelsey, and Hill was one-on-one against the secondary, and you saw what he did. So with that being said, I like Kansas City big in the Super Bowl. The, the only thing I – well – There's a lot of reasons why we could pick either side. You make a case for both teams. But the one thing I would say, and yes, he can make plays with his feet. And if he eludes the rush, buys time, clearly the -the over-the-top stuff's going to be there. Don't sleep on this San Francisco pass rush. These guys, this is ridiculous. I I don't, I think if Mahomes is going to be going in the pocket to throw deep passes, He's not gonna. He's not gonna have enough time to let that route develop downfield. He's gonna have to do it with his feet. The question is, can he consistently do that? Um, but I mean, listen, both these teams are very deserving of being there, and you can make a case for either side. Yeah, yeah. that's why. They, that's why they. This could be. I don't know. I think. I think more. 
I think more people are looking to take Frisco, but I don't. I don't know. Is it really one sided? I don't know. You're hanging around these guys all day. Are they one sided or pretty split? No, it's been it's sitting pretty firm on KC one now for three and a half days. Um, you know, I, I think the I think the money, unless a weather forecast comes up. Uh, and saying something different, I would think that this could get bet up. I think fifty-four and a half would be the bare minimum. I think it, you might see even see fifty-fives. And you think this side will close where? I, you know, I mean, when it's sitting at one, it, it could be be kind of volatile, but I, I can't see it getting much higher than one and a half either way. I mean, I I could see a boatload of money come in. On San Francisco and, and flop this thing, you know, you know the the seven figure bets that those things right. they don't start coming in until uh, the Thursday night when everybody arrives the week of the game. That's right, that's right. And I and I think too, I don't know if it's where we live or what, but, but your your average fan wants San Francisco to win. And, and well, the crazy thing here, it's not that big a deal, but like up in Reno. Uh, let me tell you something. The big Cali money. San Francisco probably close three up there. I ain't kidding. I mean, look, I was just in L.A. and there. I was at the airport <laughs> yeah. flying out after Go the game, there. and they're all they're all now San Francisco fans in L.A. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, the same state, and that's yeah, exactly. not surprising. But you know, the the thing I wanted to talk about real quick, and then we can get into the hoops as well, is that you know, from a professional betting point of view, and this is important for the new listeners and old listeners are like listening. Um, you know, Dave, it's just another game, right? Like, you're not, this is not the, you're not making six figures stupid over, no. like, it's just another game. To me, yeah. I'm, well, I'm more excited as a fan, not not really. But I know I know most of your professional bettors, cause since I don't do props really as much as they do, I do very little. They're very excited about the, the, the you know, they're going to stand in line and, and they're betting these props and, and they find good value doing that. So, but for myself, yeah, just another game. I'll, I'll probably watch it. Maybe I'll even go to a party and and not worry about in-game bets. Trying right. to trying to enjoy life more, John. <laughs> there you there you go. And then and let me ask you. This is my whole thing. Like after watching Kansas City, you know, you just I got to in-game bet them if they're down. Because I mean, they, it's just they're down ten nothing, they're down twenty four nothing. It just doesn't even matter. You're just talking about value. You could lose the bet, but the reality is, you know, let's say just say they're down ten nothing. Let's say they're down fourteen nothing. You got to grab a little, and it's early in the fourth first quarter. You got to grab them because you know they can just roll down the field and score seven. Um. Okay. Maybe. I mean, that's just me personally. Like I, when they were down ten nothing, I was like, I was in the middle of doing something. I couldn't really get involved, but I was like, ah, if I could live bet them right now, down ten nothing, just small. Why not? Because they have the potential of coming back. They already illustrated that being down. It's like they don't really care. Um, well, I think, if they're, yeah, down. I think, it's I think like it's, they're not a team that gets shaken to the core when they're down a couple points, I, I think, a couple scores. I think it comes down to how they're down ten nothing and uh, what the perception is like. Is because because this will be in, go into the line a little bit. How they it, it could shift it a little bit more one way or the other. But yeah, if they can't stop them and and Frisco's moving the ball and. But if it's just one pick six and a, and a field goal, to me it just – what does it feel like right here? Your average person's thinking, oh, no way. And and I swear that just – it goes into the line where it's just a little bit more if if they look 
kind of fear creates value, basically, mm-hmm. situation. It was what I like to call it. You like when I come up with these terms. Uh, but, yeah, if, if it's in the middle of the second quarter, they they can't stop them, and, and it looks like, oh, this is going to be an easy 49er win. These are the better spots. <clears throat> but, yeah. What about four. you, Brian? Are you like, uh, I know you're usually doing your show, but, I mean, you're usually hosting the, the Club Madrid. Is it like, do you actively go crazy with the Super Bowl, or it's just another game? Oh, no, I'm very much involved with the props. I, 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 I probably play anywhere from 10 to... 15, usually about a dozen props, and, and think, um, you know, it's part of the handicap of the game. And if, if you're right, um, in terms of certain individuals, um, and, you know, there's 400 props on the board. Um, I don't do too many of the crossover props to different sports because, I mean, then you got to handicap two things. But, you know, maybe you find find a significant edge on something, maybe, a, you know, a golfer, uh, you know, a whatever uh, somebody's birdies at the phoenix open uh in relation to something else but basically you know i i, I love the prop aspect of it because i think uh, you know in terms of and the crazy thing is with the props i mean if you're uh, and i know you are michael you're involved with with the fantasy football the the thing i love about the props is it's completely different and foreign to the game itself where in many respects, the guys that are going to go over on props are guys that are on the losing team. And that's why, you know, in, yeah. in fantasy football, you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, the guy's amazing. Well, you know, okay, yeah, great. But, okay, he'd be like the first guy off the board. But if you want to go find somebody, uh, like we had a really good year this year in our fantasy league, we had Matt Ryan. It'd be, why? They're down all the time, and he's going to throw all the time. So the Super Bowl, you can do the same thing. The, 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 the crazy thing is the guys you're going to go over the total with in many instances are actually on the losing side of the game. I think, I think that is a basic strategy. These guys will, take, will go over on the, the team that's down a lot. With this logic, that yeah, they'll get a lot of garbage yards and points uh, towards the end. I, I think this is one thing that. Well, I think could, could you, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's going to play out this way, but just generally speaking, too, some of these things are correlated. So if you if you like if you like San Francisco, you would you would like a Mostert. You would think they're going to have success on the ground. But if you like San Francisco, th- then you might be playing a Sammy Watkins to go over 49 and a half yards receiving or you know because they're going to be in run mode, KC's going to be in throw mode. Oh, oh, I like it. This is why you're really good at that. Well, I don't know. I mean, Michael, I know you're you're big into the fantasy. I I'm curious how how much do you dive into the props? You know, I'm I'm more of a seasonal fantasy guy where the traditional draft your team and you have it for the whole season. Um, I'm not that big into DFS. It's really too much from a standpoint of trying to work with guys, you know, like you and Dave consistently week in and week out on a night-to-night basis and then worry about DFS, which is completely different out. But we're talking about that's, that's DFS. That's, 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 well, that's what you're talking about from a fantasy angle for the Super Bowl. No, DFS. no, there's 400 props on the board. Oh, you're talking about strictly props. Props, yeah. I mean, I'm not you know, I'm not talking about it on, on, a, on an annual basis. I'm talking for, for this game. There are 400 props up there that if you go in there and, and dissect it, you're going to sit there and go, oh boy, I think that number should be this. 
Well, I've been seeing that you know a lot of guys with props nowadays, not even for the Super Bowl, but just in general, are doing parlays. They're not doing individual props. They're doing 10 props in a parlay for the same game. I've been seeing that more and more with FanDuel, where they're allowing that. And, I mean, it's really big. It's, this is probably the first year, maybe even the second year, but it's gotten really popular, where a lot of people are doing 5 or 10 team parlays <clears throat> with props. On correlated and over the points. Well, within gen- the game, yeah. Well, well, like what they'll do here. There'll be a parlay page, you know, and they'll just say, okay, here's here's 20 of them that you can parlay. But they're the generic props. They're there. Will there be a score in the final two minutes of the half or the game? Uh, you know, will the first score of the game be a touchdown or a field? You know, they're, they're only generic things. They don't let you parlay individual guys. Yeah, it no, seems... This was individual guys over the well, points... For Whoa. a certain guy on the game, the total of the game, the side of the game, um, over yardage for this guy. I mean, they're they're parlaying it all. I think FanDuel now is basically allowing a free for all. They're allowing anything parlayed together. Oh, you you would have big edges all over the place with correlations because yeah. the correlation would really go up. The correlation value would really go up on that. I, I didn't know that. Well, let's see. That you guys want to They're allowing buyouts, so. They're allowing certain wagers midway through. You could actually buy out of the bet. Yeah, this is more. Yeah, this is more for publicity. But I'd, I'm not sure they take a big, some real big bets on correlated things. I, I don't know. I don't know. Go there and find out. Bring a report back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You're right there, huh? <laughs> what do you got, John? So you want to hear an interesting? You want to hear some real, some real crazy numbers in college basketball? Yeah, let's have at it. Okay, so first of all, it just so happened to line up that after yesterday's card was over, three thousand bettable games have been played in college basketball. We're not even into the real meat of the March Madness and getting ready to rock and roll. So just wrap your heads around that. After last night's card, 3,000 games that had posted numbers to bet on were on the board that you could bet on. Obviously, Dave is slaying it. Dave had been on an absolute roll. But here's the interesting thing. When I tell you that these line makers do a good job, you guys got it. What do you think? 3,000 games have been completed. I want you guys to guess... How many what? How many favorites covered? How many dogs covered? Just real quick, and then I'll give you the real numbers. I'll just say that the margins, one way or the other, probably within a hundred, fifteen, twenty to fourteen, eighty, fourteen hundred and seventy-seven favorites have covered. Nice fourteen hundred. Seventy dogs have covered. I'm going to repeat that. Fourteen hundred and seventy-seven favorites have covered. Fourteen hundred and seventy dogs have covered. Fifty-three games have pushed on the closing number. Fourteen seventy-seven plus fourteen seventy plus fifty-three is three thousand. Seven games separate the favorites and the dogs. Out of three thousand games, is that not amazing? It's it's amazing, and then and then I've I've ran the luck I've had. I've, I'm beating the curve. I'm in NBA and college, so to hear that um, makes me feel even better. It's not 
It's not like you're gonna you, like you told me. Well, dogs, which I play more dogs, are fifty four percent on the year or something. So, I, I, this is one time I'm really excited to hear those numbers. What about NBA? What do you got? What's that? Three hundred and three oh six to the dogs. So you have a seven game advantage in to the favorites out of three thousand games in college basketball. So that wouldn't even cover and, the juice. So that, well, yeah, right, and you right, exactly. Well, right, and you have a six game differential. So you have a seven game and a six game differential between both sports. Well, it, it's course, amazing. Like literally, both are clicking at fifty percent on the closing number. Well, the funny thing was when I first started doing this with you guys a few months ago. You know, I was. I think I was telling him before one of the shows. Oh, I'm doing great in NFL. My reads are sick. I, I feel great. And then you go. The underdogs are fifty-seven percent. Like, oh, so I'm not that great. It's just the dogs are doing it. So, so you want to hear that uh, if you bet for a living, you want to hear. And actually, you'd rather hear that the, the favorites are, are doing better. Then you really feel like you feel a lot smarter because you're overcoming a small drop. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the fact that that dogs and favorites and and, and you always do this, uh, John, and it's it, it tell a it tells you. The odds makers know what they're doing, but it isn't. It's in no way, shape, or form a reflection on how you approach this from the other side of the counter. Uh, well, it, well, but it is a re- it is a reflection on the the, the client that's listening to this show, and, and he has aspirations and dreams um, to not purchase a product, not have access to a professional betting uh, group i.e. Dave Miller, and follow his wagers. He does it for a living. They don't understand a lot of the times because they're coming in as a tainted favorite better or a dog better that literally they can just randomly pick 10 games, and the odds are favorite dog, they're going to go 50%. And it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to show 3,000 games. 3,000 games have been played, and there's a seven-game edge. How about the fact that there's 53 middling opportunities where on those 53 games... You could have bet the opening number and the closing number, and as guys like Dave do, you know, you could have grabbed both sides of those 53 games because that 53 games pushing is on the closing number. Obviously, the game opens and then the game moves. Right. Uh, I feel like I've been running bad on some middle attempts. Uh, I, yeah, but, but but my point to you, Brian, was that there is a perception by the the people out there. Like, is it fixed? You know, it seems. How do these no. games hit the number? You know, how can how can I have LSU? Well, I mean, we won't talk about LSU, but that that was ridiculous. But um, um, did anybody watch the fight in the Kansas? Jayhawks I was I was just going to say that. Well, I was just I was just going to say that. So they're down by sixteen at half. The second half line, you could get plus six when it first came out. So which is twenty two. So you're thinking, all right, I push because I had I had K State with the six. The pregame bet lost. So that free. So when he made one of the two. I went from a push to a win. Good you brought that up because we got to talk about everything relevant to the betting. It was to me he shouldn't have went for the steal. I think that I don't know what you think, but I don't think that was cool. Just let the game end, yeah. And then I think the guy running him down to block, well, and I would have done well, the same uh, thing. Oh, uh, well the block, it wasn't the block. It was he te- no, he towered yeah. over no, he 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 the kids he he Spikes it like a volleyball, but then he goes and gets right over top of the kid. That know. was over the top. I don't know though. For trying to steal the ball there, I don't know. That to me, 
I don't know. Maybe I do everything he did. Well, it, it, he made his point by yeah, by spiking awesome. the block, but then then he goes and towers over him, and that and the game was over. I mean, it, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it, it was. Well, have you ever? When have? When is the last time you've seen that? A twenty point? You know, they're just. Sta- when have you seen that? Like every blue moon, somebody does. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's wrong. I don't remember. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, no, I I just think that he shouldn't. That was a big no no. I hope they get on. So let me ask you, from a betting perspective, did you consider taking Maryland at halftime, down sixteen or fourteen or whatever? Me or him? I didn't. No, no, I wasn't. You. I no, nope. I mean, did you see the box score of that game? Then they come back. Not only did they win the second half, they covered the actual original spread. They were losing forty to twenty six of the half, and I think they won the game by eleven, seventy seven to sixty six well, or something. Well, I had that game. I it's, I didn't see an edge in that game, and then so if I don't see an edge pregame, something would have to really stand out second half. And I and I think I so in those spots when a team's getting blown out like that, I'll, I'll usually depending on the action pregame, it's a spot You'll where take I, the same team. I, yeah, it, it's 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 a spot where I would get involved. I just I had nothing on that game. I don't know. Hey, I just but, wanted to go back you know, to. I don't, I just want to go back to what you're talking about with the, the the sides and the totals and and how close the numbers are, but I, I think what happens is that and we're seeing it more and more. And the NFL is the great the spotlight is on this. That in the last how many times have we mentioned this on this show? In the last two and a half three years, one week to the next, based on what you last saw, um, you know people are overreacting to what they last saw. Like and for argument's sake. Like last night, I was on uh, the Western Michigan Buffalo game over the total, and Buffalo had played two under games in a row. Albeit they scored seventy six and eighty six points in those games, but this is a high scoring team, and they and they were over inflating the numbers. Then you say, can you know can the opposition you know keep pace with them, and, and then the pace and the style of the game? But because two games went under the total, they come back with a total of one fifty four. And it's an over-adjustment the other way. But not as far as the odds makers are concerned because the majority, you know, they, a lot of people are going to sit there and go, oh, okay, they're tightening things up defensively and they're going to go on the fact that they played two under games and they scored 169 points and it flew over by 15 on a deflated total. That, that, that's why when you sit there and say at the end of the day, ah, that's amazing that they're, you know, you're within... Yeah, they're so close. They play three thousand games. They're so close. It's because the market does that. They overreact. They overreact to stuff but they the, last but, saw. But the, point, but the point I'm saying is that the new guy that just is in a state where sports wagering is legal. He's never done it before. We, we're getting a lot of those calls. You know, we'll call them we're virgins for the lack of a better word. They're literally forty year old men that have never like bet it. on sports before. Now they're now they're betting, right? Like, can you imagine? You're forty years old. You've never met. And I'm not hating on these guys. It's just not everybody had a local bookmaker. It was a you know some people just weren't comfortable. They didn't want to go offshore. And now they call up and they go, "Hi, I'm a forty year old man, and I really enjoyed watching sports all my life, and now I can make some money." And then. They go through this process of getting lucky, hitting some games, liking the teams, thinking, wow, this is easy. I, maybe I can quit my job and do this for a living. And my point Don't is, do it. when you actually look at the numbers, unless you have a real hardcore money management strategy and system behind you, i.e. Dave Miller, you are not going to be able to beat the book. You might be lucky and lose juice. Because a blind squirrel, as you would say, Brian, could literally bet, and after $3,000 3, games, 
opinion, no opinion, good luck, bad luck. I mean, you're basically, you're 50%. So my point is, it really shows that this concept of games being fixed and, oh, the guy, how did it hit the number and how did I lose by half a point? It's all nonsense. Like you said, the market is built into numbers. It's strictly all math. So if you admit that it's all math, then it goes back to emotion really has no place in the game. Well, I think, too, one thing you say, when you say it's 50-50 like that, one good thing about basketball, and it's not the same for football, if you just get an extra half point more than the going rate, it basically offsets the juice. So this kind of gives the person who's never done it before, as long as they is that's the foundation of their strategy to, to just they understand the prices, they shop around, they have a fighter's chance. But I wouldn't quit your job until you've got at least a couple thousand games bet and you're and you're doing all right still because because it's that tough. It's almost impossible because like, like you said, it's the market's so efficient. That's why that's why the smaller market things like props, if you're into that or you you have some kind of strategy for first quarter totals and an NBA or anything small market, you have a couple of things going for you. It's less efficient and 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 something like that first quarter totals or first quarter size, each half point goes up in value even more there. So I would suggest don't try to beat. NBA sides. If you, if you want to do this for a living, go after college total, college basketball totals, or something like that. That would be my advice. So so smaller limit stuff. If the limit's high, right, don't me, go after let it. Me, let, let, me, let me bring that up for you guys. Um, okay, so right now in college basketball, fourteen hundred and eighty games have gone over the total. 1,521 games have gone under the total. Amazing. 50.7% uh, of the games have gone under. 50.7%. Oh, this is amazing because you, you basically said that both sides and totals, uh, they don't even, neither one even hit, what is that, like 50 and a half? I don't know. I'm not, it's 50.7%. Wow. And, and, and so a break even is 52.1. So you see how tough this is? And in college, in, in NBA, 331 games have gone over the total, and 317 games have gone under the total, 51.1% over the total. Right, so at minus 110, you you couldn't have beat anything blindly. So right. th this just shows you. I'm just all about shopping around and, and cut. The other thing, guys, is take your your takeout. You know, try to if you're betting offshore, try to try to get some bonuses, or some minus 105s. Um, try to go contrarian. I, if if you line yourself up with all the fu the basic fundamentals, and kind of start there and 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 learn that part of it, then then I think you, your 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 strategy you will. The, the basics have to be right, basically, for, for anything else, to, for anything to happen where you can quit your job. That, that's, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, Brian, how many decades we're doing this? We're in our second decade of doing this together. <clears throat> I mean, I think that it's always been 50% like this, but I think that it was just, it's easier now for me to run the numbers and get, I don't, re I don't think I even realize it, like Dave didn't even realize that every year the perception, you know, week eight of the NFL season, sports books are losing millions, all the favorites are winning. It's all nonsense. Well, At the end of the year, it all reverts back to the mean. Well, it does. I mean, the, but the funny thing is, if you want to go inside, that and you say oh yeah okay dogs favorites overs unders but by what margin the the misperception is 
because it's amazing when it happens when there's a play at the end of a football game at, or a missed extra point and the game falls a half point short at the total. You know, go, oh man, that's one out of every four. I mean, well, you talk about the Super Bowl team, San Francisco. What game was that when the guy had the pick six at the end of the game and they covered the ten points? I think it was Tampa, Oakland, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was San Francisco 49ers. They, they shouldn't have covered the game, but they covered the game. Remember that, Mike? At the oh, end of no. The game, it was, they, wasn't it the – no, it was the – It was San Fran. It was definitely San Fran. I thought there was a, the New Orleans – I thought it, maybe it was the New Orleans. How far Colts? back are we going one, here? How it was one back? of those games with like .6 seconds left on the clock. You, you thinking you're a loser, and it, it busts the side and the total. Are you? And this is a Super Bowl? No, that was, that was – it was two games. It was the – Eagles and the Redskins was one of them, and then the other one was the San Fran game. Right, right. I forgot who San Fran played. Oh no, yeah, no, no, no it happened. This, well, this year it happened. The it happened twice, it and Cardinals. it was on the yeah. same San day. San Fran and the Cardinals. San Fran and the Cardinals. Right. Right. It happened. It happened on the same day. It happened like hours right. apart. So that when and I'm the telling Redskins you, Brian, Eagles, is, yeah. the, the phones are blowing up with, oh, this is fixed. It's impossible. And no, it's not. They're just building the numbers built in. No, it was. It was the Philly Redskins where Philly was laying yeah. four and a half the entire game. They were down by ten late, and then they ended up storming back. And then with you know second left, they were doing that crazy laterals back and forth, and then Philly ran it in. Right. And then the San Fran Arizona the game at the end of the game. Yes, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just beats. talking to you, like Brian. Over, we've been doing this for like you know 15 years now. It's like I think it's always been this way. It's just easier to realize, get the info <laughs> for the people that are listening. You know, mm-hmm. no man, listen. And, and, well, let people know. Don't forget, sportsinsiderradio.com, uh, and they can uh, lasso you boys and have at it. But uh, we mentioned uh, college hoops. Uh, we've got the NBA and uh, the pitchers and catchers, boys and pitchers, catchers, and buzzers pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, listen, don't get me started because, you know, that's my claim to fame, baseball. Uh, but what, I, what, what I'll say to people that are listening is that, you know, there's this concept of I only want to bet football, and, 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 you know, a lot of people will say, like, you know, I'm done when the Super Bowl's over. I mean, Dave, you're a professional better. I mean, really, there's more opportunities in college oh, basketball yeah. and NBA because there's more games. Oh, this is my favorite. Well, well it comes down to how the volume, basically the daily volume. So, so, you, so one could argue baseball would be the best if you could beat baseball, but the daily volume... Is, I'll hook you up, Dave. The the daily volume is no, I'll hook you up. <laughs> okay, no, the daily volume though. Yeah, absolutely. Like today, we've got, I want to say, eleven NBA games, twelve, and then in college, we've got another forty or so. Oh, this is great. I love this time of year. It will be right, because again, the, the perception with most people out there is they're looking for the one big game, and I think what happens with betters that are recreational, and they have delusions of making you know an extra thousand. To Mike talks to all these guys, Mike, what you always ask these guys, you know, what are you looking to make a week? And they, oh, I'd love to make a thousand a week. Just give me one game I can play for a thousand. That's insanity. No. And, and then the even funnier one is the people that go, I only want to bet UFC. Now you're even less, you know. So I was going to ask you, it's funny you brought that up. So uh, Brian and and Dave, uh, did you guys, like, 
I didn't think that number. I almost was tempted to lay the three fifty. I didn't think it was going to be over in eight seconds. But I mean, it's like the, the other guy had no shot. I mean, you see guys like uh, that poker player betting millions on the other side. But I mean, you can pick some spots with even chalk favorites in the UFC where you just know it's just outmatched. Yeah, I don't know about that. Get- I don't know about that because how many times have you seen the the plus three hundred, even plus seven hundred, pull it out? Well, I'm talking about the headlining matchup, you know, when I'm talking about the McGregor match, not the undercard. That's um, hard, so were you, did you consider playing any of that stuff or no? Me? No. 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 What about you, Brian? Do you get involved with the UFC? I'm not a big UFC guy, no. Uh, Mike? No, I, I, in this particular card, it was pretty much, you know, very top-heavy with the main event. The rest of the fights were not that good, so I didn't really get too involved. But I uh-huh. do occasionally, I have a couple guys that are, really big in the UFC because a lot of times it's it's more matchups in UFC it's not statistics or finding line value it's it's how the guys match up with each other with the different skills and uh you know I have a couple guys that have been doing really well unfortunately it's only every 2 weeks or a month so it's not something that's consistent yeah that sums it up to me because it, when something's daily and, and there's many things offered to bet you can uh, the volume also you can play your way out of a losing streak UFC this takes forever and I, I could see people because of the less volume they're forcing bets that they shouldn't like minus 300s things like that and, and, and it, yeah I don't have to do that in basketball because I have 55 games today there's plenty of opportunity where nothing's forced really that's my thoughts so I will now, not will be looking to bet games? UFC soon, anytime soon when you when you play games overnight, um, I mean, how many games, Mike? Did we do we got from Dave overnight right now for his insider lines members? Seven, uh, seven. So when you play those, obviously last night, normal before you went to bed, do you keep checking on those prices, or you just bet them and forget them, or will you add no, or I bet the adding. other side with no new info? I well, that's why I spend so much. Tr- time coming up with my prices because now some that i that i wasn't that i wasn't looking at if there's no new info i'll play those and then the ones that i bet they get better i keep adding sometimes and would you ever go the other way for the middle if the line goes the wrong yeah, way i mean if i think it moved too much absolutely or or if there's or if i think or if it's some combination of it moved too much and some book that i have is is even throwing an extra bone on top of that to the to the going rate then i will all, all the time actually because i don't look at it as teams it's number it's numbers in a marketplace can you say that one you love more that time? i knew it that's why i said did you notice my, i raised my i sounded extra confident saying that i did that for you it's not teams it's numbers this is a marketplace i'm printing him a shirt it's not teams it's numbers well wait we have a few um, sayings watching games is a sign of weakness you see you like that what do you like watching that games or? is a sign of weakness i love that i'm gonna get that tattoo what was the third um, one unless you're brian, wait unless you're brian blessing because everything with him is the eye test everybody has a way to skin the cat i don't take it away from anybody but i mean honestly no, he's brian, more of a fan though that's why he's watching but, but, it but brian seriously how's a guy like dave gonna watch 55 games tonight it's impossible can't watch 55 can't, games. Can't, you can't watch all of them, but you can right. formulate opinions from watching watching. So, well, a lot of times the highlights too and what they're saying about it and you can form reads there where you're on you're on the fence to take a team and then they're going 
oh, this team looked awful. They're, they're, they're in trouble. Then you go, okay. You know, the contrarian part of you goes, okay, this is probably a good spot. I mean, there's definitely some skew here. So a lot of times I do that, but to sit through an entire game that I bet, and I'm not, that's fine if everybody does that, but to sit through an entire game that I bet and I'm not a fan, I, I can't do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little I, bit. Well, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not watching. I'm not watching Vancouver play Columbus because I'm fans. I'm watching because I bet it, oh, and okay. I'm watching because well, I want to. I want to hockey though. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, not only am I watching the game because if, because if it's a game I bet, I'm watching it to see the current form and what's going on and what they're doing right and wrong and how to apply it to the next game. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. That's that works. I, I get it, but I mean, yeah, like you said, it's impossible to do that for fifty-five games. But if he focus, and plus he'll focus more on like one conference, or I, I understand that. I, I get it. I'm laughing because if I have to sit through a quarter, I start getting kind of antsy. Okay, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, just well, rip the bandaid off. Good news, bad uh, news. One thing I want to one thing I want to talk about real quick because I know we have a little bit left of the show is that when you have teams that are constantly beating the spread in the NBA. So you have Oak City's number one, 20, 29 and 15. Miami's number two, 25 and 16. Boston's number three, 25 and 16. So we'll just stop with those three. Oklahoma City, Miami, and Boston are just money-making machines, regardless favorite or dog. Um, do these teams get overpriced, and is their value fading them back to what I always go, if things end correctly, there'll be a reversion of the mean in this long NBA season? I don't, I don't, Either Dave or Brian. I don't believe in the reversion of the mean, but uh, what I do think, I think it depends how they're covering. So if they're just if they're winning games and, and the overall record is good, now I think that creates more value than they're plus fourteen and they lose by eleven. Because I don't think people you're really into that, but I don't think your average person would know a team with a five hundred record five hundred record has has uh, covered sixty five percent of the time. But if they have, but if they're one of the top teams. And they've covered. This is just a little bit different. Where I think it, it's, I call it. You get into auto fade mode, especially at post when when the spreads get better from the open and we get extra value here locally. Right, it's well, an so auto here's fade, a, here, like the bucks. So here's an auto fade almost. Right. So, so here's an interesting. So Oklahoma City is twenty five and nineteen straight up, and they're twenty nine and fifteen against the spread. The Bulls are thirty and thirteen straight up. But they're twenty-five and sixteen and two against the spread. The Bulls are what? Well, uh, thirty. If, I'm not sorry, not the Bulls. The Heat. The Heat are thirty and thirteen straight up, and and the Heat are twenty-five and sixteen and two against the spread. So, you know, one team is only up six games and has a better record against the spread than the team that has the huge winning record. And then you round that out with the Celtics. The Celtics are twenty-eight and fourteen straight up against the spread. And they're twenty four and sixteen and two, which basically means Celtics are basically covering as a favorite. Every time they win, they cover. It's a little different to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we're out of time, but that's a little different. Well done. We are indeed out of time. Again, we'll be back uh, next week on Friday uh, at ten a.m. Pacific time. It's Sports Insider Radio. We invite you to check out the website sportsinsiderradio.com. Boys, have a good week, and next week we'll uh, have at it for real uh, on the Last weekend. Last thing, can we see the line moving before next Friday? Slightly. I think the 55s pop up. Yeah, it's possible. Boys, have a great right. day. We invite you to check it out sportsinsiderradio.com.